Some of you are very familiar with that verse now. Let's all say it together out loud. Are you ready? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. What is this hope? It's the hope of glory that God loves us and accepts us and forgives us right here and now, as we are, and promises eternal life hereafter. And if we have hope like that, we'll do anything. We won't be troubled by what people think, their reactions to us. We'll say what we believe. Uh, Because it's true, isn't it, that conviction breeds courage. It's a proverb to have the courage of your convictions. And the picture of this that we've been working with this year is of Jesus coming to the disciples in the storm. So would you take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 14, and Andy is going to read to us from verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, tell us the page. That's page 981 of the Bibles in the pews or the chairs. So Matthew 14, uh, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Lord, we want to know you more. And to that end, will you speak to us? Will you draw us? Will you strengthen us? Will you guide us? Amen. Do sit down. We read... They were buffeted by the waves, and what a picture of life that can be. We can be buffeted by disappointment or failure. We can be buffeted by illness within or opposition from without. We can be buffeted by doubts and depression, all sorts of difficulties in our lives. And what a picture that is, therefore, a gale coming against you. Sometimes we feel as if we're buffeted on all sides. But in the story, Jesus appears to them. 
And at first, they're even more terrified. It's a ghost, they cried out in fear. Until Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I, have no fear. At such moments in our lives, we have a decision to make. The waters may be rough, but the boat is relatively secure, only relatively comfortable. It may be the rationally safe place to stay in a stormy sea, but it's fairly unstable. The alternative may feel worse, the water, which is very unsafe. It feels irrational. We're not naturally made to walk on water. We will sink. But out there where the waves are high and the wind is gale force, we get a glimpse of Jesus himself. Is his presence going to tip the balance of probability? Which will we choose in such moments in our lives? The water or the boat? Staying put with security or stepping out with Jesus? Over this year, a number of us have been reading John Ortberg's book with the title, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Step Out of the Boat. But there's something inside us telling us there's more to life than just sitting in whatever boat we're in. We're made more for more than merely trying to avoid difficulty and trouble and failure. The word translated often bold or courageous in our annual verse, therefore, since we have such a hope, we're very bold, that word has a rich background. In the political world of Corinth, it meant the democratic right of free speech. And why did Paul feel it necessary to use that word and to stress that aspect of courage, of boldness? Well, maybe because there were Christians and others, but Christians even, in Corinth, who were embarrassed by him. Paul, you're not very PC. Didn't you read our non-proselytizing policy? Religion has been privatized, didn't you realize? Individualized. You're going around claiming it for the public sphere. You're an embarrassment, Paul. When we lack courage... It's usually because we lack conviction. It's hope that makes us bold, that moves us from convinced faith to courageous action. Uh, the word core in Latin, cur in French, from which we get our word courage, it means heart. Do you remember on Easter Day, the risen Jesus, when he appeared, said, Take heart or take courage. It is I. Have no fear, just as he did when he came to them walking on the water. To encourage others, therefore, is to give them heart, to give them strength, courage. And it's when we know that Christ is with us, that he's in what we're doing, that he is there, that's what makes all the difference. Difference, for example, between a reckless risk that's foolish, and an obedient risk which proves us faithful. If Christ is with us, well, then surely we take heart, unafraid. You see, it's our hope that gives us our heart. Conviction breeds courage. 
since we have such a hope, we're very bold. And the opposite, of course, is playing safe, losing courage through doubt and fear. So positively, this is how it can go. First, we become convinced of Christ, not just as a figure of history, not even as a figure of history who proved himself to be the Son of God who rose from the dead, but from the figure of history who's come to live in our lives, to be present in us by his Holy Spirit. Then we find this Christian hope. As a result, it encourages us. We gain courage. And then we step out in faith. Then we'll turn courage and faith into action. So these are the thoughts that have been inspiring us over this year. It was at the annual vision supper. Many of you were there in April when we laid out that verse and the illustration of it, Peter walking to Jesus in the water, taking courage. Now, for some of you, this is a healthy reminder, and even, of course, a, a checklist for us. How have we been doing in the last six months as we've been seeking to take more courage in every part of our life? Where have we succeeded? Where have we failed? Let's repent where we failed, ask God's forgiveness. Let's give praise and thank Him for any way in which we've taken steps forward, stepped out of our boats. For those of you who've joined us in the last six months, this may be news. And even as we know at this time of year in September, people come and try out St. Mark's, have a look at what's going on here. To you, special welcome this evening. As a result of our vision reloaded each year, a number of people decide, well, if that's what this church is up to, if that's what they're doing, then I'm up for it. Count me in, and I'll commit to join as well. What is our own boat? What is our boat personally? And what would stepping out of it mean? Our boat is whatever represents safety, even though it's not that steady. It's actually rocking quite a lot. But it's whatever security we keep holding on to, apart from God himself. Our boat is whatever we're tempted to put our trust in when life gets a little bit stormy. It's whatever keeps us comfortable that we don't want to leave, even though it's keeping us from joining Jesus out on the water. It's whatever stops us abandoning ourselves to the adventure of following Christ. If we want to know what our boat is, our fears will tell us. Ask yourself this question. What is it that most produces fear in me? even if it's just the fear of feeling awkward. And especially when I think of leaving it behind and stepping out in faith. Is it the opinion of others, their reaction to us, our reputation among friends? Is that our boat? Is it our work, our career? And we find our safety and identity in that. Is it a relationship, even one that's disordered in one way or another, but we find it difficult to actually address the difficulties in that relationship? Is our boat a secret life, such as the ones we were hearing about earlier, of addiction of one sort or another, and we're afraid to admit it, afraid to get help? Secrecy and isolation 
kill a spirit. But maybe that's our boat. Maybe our boat is success. What is our boat? The area of our life shrinking us back from courageously trusting God. You see, our fears will tell us what our boat is. And leaving it may be the hardest thing we ever do. But if we want to walk on water, we've got to step out of the boat. When we step out, it may rock the boat for the others staying put. And they may not altogether approve of it or applaud us. It's true, isn't it? We live in the most risk-averse society in history. We tend to seek a world of comfort, insured on all sides. We construct manageable, predictable lives. We maintain the illusion that we're in control. But of course, it is just that, an illusion. We suffer from what someone called risk lock, a condition like gridlock that leaves us paralyzed to go anywhere or do anything. And we've been thinking about what our boat might be as a church family, as a congregation. What is that? It's actually all about our mindset. Whether we just live in the world and go to church on Sunday, or is our identity our source of energy and motivation, the thing that's the mainspring of our life? Is that in the church And from that, we go to the world in this sense that our source of life is within the body of Christ and our relationship with him together, out of which we step courageously into our calling from God to the world. Like the church that had a notice above the doorway on the way out, not on the way in, on the way out, it read, beware, you are entering a place of worship. That is, the world the place where you can give God his worth, his worship. Peter stepped out of the boat. Of course, the other disciples didn't. It was Peter who began to walk towards Jesus. And for a moment, he took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. So here's a further question. Did Peter fail? Here's what I think. There were 11 bigger failures still sitting in the boat. They failed quietly. Their failure went unnoticed. Only Peter knew the shame of publicly failing in front of others. But only Peter knew the glory of walking on water. Only Peter knew the glory of God's power enabling him to do what he couldn't do by himself. Only Peter knew the glory of being lifted up by Jesus, who in the story immediately reached out his hand and caught him. And they couldn't because they didn't even get out of the boat. The point is this, the worst failure in life is not sinking in the waves. It's never getting out of the boat. Yes, Peter was distracted by the wind and the waves, and he did fall. But if, like Peter, we get out, two things will happen. First, is that when we fail, and sometimes we will, 
Jesus will be there to pick us up and we won't fail alone. And the other thing is that every once in a while, we'll walk on water. So let's stand as we come to a close. Would you please stand? And we're going to lead you in a prayer and the commitment that we made. Let's, those of us who made it this April, let's renew it. Uh, if you can see the words from at the back, um, if you can't, just echo them as others say them out loud. If you can see the words and you want to say these with us together, then let's say them. Let's say it together. Lord, I'm sorry, sorry for the ways I failed, failed to step out in faith, faith. failed to live to life to the full, full. failed to, to press forward in my gifts and calling. calling. I affirm my desire to glorify God in all that I do and all that I am, to grow in boldness, serve in ministry, and fulfill my calling. I choose courage over fear, risk over safety, stepping forward rather than staying put, serving rather than taking, speaking out rather than staying silent. I choose to pray bigger prayers, and be engaged in bigger challenges so that God's kingdom comes in my life and the lives of those around me. To him be the glory now and forever. Amen.